Welcome to the fourth episode of Through the Cosmos with your host, Josh. Today, we'll explore the different outcomes of how stars die and how they depend on the star's mass. Have you ever looked up at the night sky and wondered what happens to stars when they die? Well, just like all living things, stars have a lifespan. They are not immortal, and eventually they'll run out of fuel and cease to shine. But the story of how stars die is far from boring, in fact. The end of a star's life can be a dramatic and explosive event that can shape the universe around it. Understanding how stars die is an essential part of our quest to understand the cosmos and the many mysteries it holds. Stars generate energy through nuclear fusion, where they convert lighter elements into heavier ones, releasing a tremendous amount of energy in the process. For most of their lives, stars remain in a stable state known as the main sequence, where they fuse hydrogen into helium. However, as a star's hydrogen fuel starts to run out, its core begins to shrink, and the temperature and pressure inside the star's cores increases. This triggers a new cycle of fusion, where helium atoms fuse into heavier elements like carbon, nitrogen, and oxygen. As the star progresses through these different fusion stages, its core shrinks and heats up even more, leading to a runaway fusion reaction that eventually results in the star's death. The outcome of a star's death depends on its mass. Low-mass stars, less than 1.4 times the mass of the sun, become white dwarfs. A white dwarf is a dense, compact object that is about the size of the Earth, but has a mass similar to that of the sun. White dwarfs form when a low-mass star outer layers are blown away in a slow, gentle process called a planetary nebula. The remaining core collapses, and the electrons and protons merge to form neutrons, producing a dense, electron-degenerate object. So that's how low-mass stars die. In the next section, we'll discuss the different outcomes for intermediate-mass and high-mass stars. Intermediate mass stars between 1.4 and 8 times the mass of our sun have a more dramatic end. After the core of the star has fused lighter elements into heavier ones, it eventually becomes iron. Since iron cannot be fused into heavier elements, the core can no longer be able to generate heat and pressure, causing it to collapse. This collapse is so powerful that it triggers a supernova explosion. The outer layers of the star are expelled in space, while the core is compressed into a very dense object known as a neutron star. Through the Cosmos is sponsored by AstroChain. AstroChain is a NFT for astrophotographers, allowing you to own your captures and host it in AstroChain's DApp AstroFeed. More information can be found in the description. Thank you to AstroChain for sponsoring this episode. A neutron star is an incredibly dense object with a mass about 1.4 times that of the sun, but only 20 kilometers in diameter. The extreme conditions on a neutron star cause it to emit radiation, including x-rays and gamma rays, which can be detected by telescopes.
high mass stars, more than about eight times the mass of our sun become black holes after a supernova explosion, which is one of the most energetic and dramatic events in the universe. Supernovae occur when a star exhausts all of its nuclear fuel and can no longer generate the energy needed to support its mass, causing it to collapse under the force of its own gravity. This collapse triggers a massive explosion that releases an enormous amount of energy and matter into space. If the core of the star is massive enough, the gravitational collapse can continue beyond the neutron star stage, resulting in the formation of a black hole. A black hole is an object with such a strong gravitational field that nothing, not even light, can escape it. There are two types of black holes, stellar and supermassive. Stellar black holes are formed from the collapse of a single star and have masses ranging from a few to tens of times that of the sun. Supermassive black holes, on the other hand, have masses millions or billions of times greater than that of the sun and are found at the center of most galaxies. There are two main types of supernovae, type 1 and type 2. Type 1 supernovae occur in a binary star system, where a white dwarf star accumulates material from its companion until it reaches a critical mass and undergoes a runaway nuclear fusion reaction, completely destroying the star. Type 2 supernovae, on the other hand, occur in massive stars that run out of fuel and can no longer support themselves against gravity. Type 2 supernovae are further classified into two subtypes based on the pressure or absence of hydrogen in their spectra. Type 2 P supernovae have a plateau in their light curves caused by the recombination of hydrogen in their outer envelopes. Will type 2 L supernovae have a linear decline in their light curves due to the absence of hydrogen? Supernovae remnants are the expanding clouds of gas and dust that result from a supernova explosion. They are studied by astronomers to gain insight into the structure and evolution of the universe, as well as to understand the processes that occurred during the death of stars. Overall, understanding the different outcomes of stellar death based on the star's mass is crucial to our understanding of the universe and the processes that govern it. In summary, stars are not immortal and eventually die. The outcome of a star's death depends on its mass. Low-mass stars become white dwarfs, intermediate-mass stars become neutron stars, and high-mass stars become black holes. Studying stellar death can teach us about the evolution of stars and the processes that govern the universe. It can also help us understand the origin of elements and the role of stars in creating them. Thank you for listening to Through the Cosmos, and I will see you on next week's episode.